if I've got, I don't know, maybe five or 10 minutes and I want a quick release, you know the kind, I know the exact toy that'll do the trick. Or I know the exact friction and rhythm to deliver with my hands in order to do it too. But if I want to slow things way down for a totally different experience, when I'm not in a rush, when I can spend some true quality time with myself, there's some very specific accessories that I like to grab. Sometimes I blindfold myself or I dim the lights really low. Sometimes I use a feather up and down my arms while vibey music plays in the background. Sometimes I get as much of my body involved as I possibly can. I run my hands through my hair, down my face, and I let my fingers dance all over the surface of my skin. I put pressure on my inner thighs. I take my sweet time seducing myself before ever touching my genitals. And when I'm properly warmed up and efficiently lubed up, one of my favorite new bedroom accessories to reach for is the Oh My C from Ioba. I'm not sure what mechanism is in this thing, but the toy has a little nub that rotates at different speeds, so it mimics the sensation of being orally stimulated. It's nice, it's light, and it's quiet. Sometimes the sounds of my toys can actually take me out of my experience, so a softer, quieter toy is incredibly appreciated. I make sure to take deep breaths as I let the pleasure and sensation build, breathing it throughout my body, and when the time is just right, I pick up the speed of the rotation and I ride a full body wave of ecstasy. This is one of many acts of devotion I choose to regularly deliver to myself. And it's not about what my partner can or cannot give to me. It's about taking time to be with myself in my pleasure, doing anything and everything that feels good for me. If you're looking for a quiet, high-quality, beginner-friendly, super-cute vibe that doesn't actually vibe too hard, my personal recommendation is the Oh My See from Ioba. See the show notes for details and a discount. I'm Alexa, also known as That Sex Chick. And if you haven't guessed it by now, I love talking about sex. Not only talking about it, but I'm obsessed with helping you create an epic sex life while cultivating deeply fulfilling relationships. There's so much more to the conversation than just the act of sex itself, which is why I created this podcast. You can expect this show to be packed with resources, advice, experts, and everyday people talking about how they have created the best sex and love lives for them. If you are ready to take responsibility for your pleasure, then you are in the right place. Now, let's go talk sex, shall we? This is a Soulfire production. Joining me on today's show, I have one of my incredible mentors, Lori Handlers. Lori's career as a speaker and facilitator includes topics such as releasing past emotional trauma, sex and aging, and making love in the unknown. She's been doing this since 1978, y'all. She has produced and starred in three independent award-winning films and is the author of Amazon international bestseller, Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy. She is the lead facilitator for ISTA, International School of Temple Arts, and has a passion for radical life extension. She's also been broadcasting the Sex and Happiness podcast for over a decade. On today's show, Lori and I discuss Tantra, sex and aging, sex magic, and how emotional releasing relates to your sex. I hope y'all enjoy the show. 
So everyone, I just have to tell you that the person that I'm interviewing today is somebody that I admire so much. I have been learning from her for years. She is one of the only people I recommend whenever someone has a question about Tantra or Tantra and BDSM merged together, which is a really cool subject. And when people ask me questions about sex and aging and vitality and longevity and using your orgasms to manifest your dreams and to do sex magic and to use your orgasms to extend your life. So I just have to say the person that I am getting to interview on the show today is one of my favorite people in the sex, love and relationship space. I've gotten to meet her many times, be a student of hers over the years. And we've always just had such a beautiful relationship and I admire her and her work. I'm so grateful to have Lori Handlers on the show today. Miss Lori, Thank you. Thank you so much, Alexa. It just warms my heart to hear you say that. The first time we met, I was a little crazy. I remember we were you were interviewing me and I spilled water on my computer and I said, she's going to think I'm a crazy person. Like I can't manage my technology. <laughs> But we've really come a long way since then. We really have. I remember that when you when you say that, I, I remember I was in New York City in a little apartment and I was just getting started interviewing and, and recording for my first show that I had, which was called Kaleidoscope Radio. And I look back and like so much has transpired. There's been so many growing pains and starting overs and that show is no longer. I don't even know if you can and if you can find it, you might be able to find it on iTunes, but Anyway, just bringing you in um, after that, I was like, there's something about that lady who just spilled water all over her computer and the computer flipped over and we couldn't finish our interview and we had to go back and do it a second time or something like that. Uh, but you've now been, uh, you've come into my community spaces. You've always been so gracious with your time and so giving with your, your love and your information. And so I'm happy Thank to have you. you on the new show. Thank you. It's, and congratulations on the new show. Congratulations on your engagement. Thank you. Congratulations on a lot of things. You know, like you're doing great. It's yeah. wonderful. It's it's great to share space with you, really. Amazing. Thank you for sharing all of that with me. Now, I would love for you to share a little bit of your story. And I know this episode is just going to be just a tiny taste of your magic, but I would love for our audience to get to know you a little bit, who you are and how you be and what you're into. Thank you. Uh, well, I think I was always um, interested in sex. I feel like I was a very precocious child. And uh, I, you know, my, my parents worried about me, especially my mother worried about me because I was so, uh, I just, I was so sensual and I was so sensuous. And I, I mean, from the time I was five, I was exploring my body. And my mother would yell, you know, what are you doing in the bathroom? And I would go, oh, I'll be out soon, ma. But I was like, you know, finding out about this, you know, the body. And uh, I didn't know anything. I except that there was more to when I started having sex, I was 18. And um, I knew there was more than what I was doing with whatever boys I was with. You know, like it was, I had this feeling that it was deeper and none of them wanted to talk about would I, I would go, I think there's more here. And they would think I was crazy, you know? So I just kept it to myself. In the eighties, I saw an article about Margot Anand 
that appeared in Yoga Journal, which was an actual magazine, not an online. There was no online in the 80s. And um, I said, this is it. I found it. This is what I've been talking about. There's spirituality connected to sex. There's something deeper. But there was no, they didn't give a way to contact her. They didn't give an address. They didn't say anything. It was just like, oh, no. Well, I read it. I know it exists. And then in the 90s, I was working at Landmark Education in Washington, D.C. And um, when I left Landmark, like right when I left, I worked at Landmark for four years. And when I left, I was kind of a mess. I was used up. My body was broken. My knees were torn and different things happened because I worked so hard and I didn't exercise enough and whatever. And someone called me and said, there's going to be a Tantra class in Silver Spring, Maryland in a month. You should go to that. You're a mess. You're, you're, you're like spent. And so I just went, yes, I signed up. And I went to my first Tantra class at Ipsilu Tantra. And I just, after like three hours, I went, oh, this is it. This is for me. And I remembered who I was. It was like it woke me up. I remembered not only who I was in transformation, but who I was as in a female body and also how I was connected to everything, including the ocean, you know, including the drop of water in the ocean. Like it woke me up to the interconnectedness of everything and that I, as a being, was connected to everything. And that I never, you know, after that, I took teacher training. And then I, you know, I was a government contractor after that. I, I did welfare to work work. And, and that was during Bill Clinton's administration. When George Bush was elected to president, he took all those contracts and gave them to churches. I didn't own a church. I wasn't going to own a church. And so I said, well, okay, I'm going to teach Tantra full time. So George Bush did that. <laughs> George W. Bush did that. <laughs> he made me a full-time Tantra teacher because he took contracts away from people like me. Oh my goodness. Well, God bless George. <laughs> Thank for you. That. I always say to people, he did one good thing. He made me a mm-hmm. full-time Tantra teacher. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I had a varied background. I had a master's degree in education. I knew I was a, te- I mean, I was always a teacher sorts and I was very involved in transformation but the transformation I was involved with didn't have to do with the body mm-hmm. and when I met when I when I collided with Tantra and there was like everything about the body and there was emotional release and there was you know breathing and making sound and movement and I got myself back like I got my health back and I got my I got rid of my pain I said, this is it. This is the answer. And I've never, you know, I've never stopped. Mm -hmm. This is my answer. (laughs) And this has been the answer for thousands of people that I met over the years, thousands and thousands of people that I met over the years. I've been lucky to deliver to people something I call transformation through pleasure. Mm. So good. So So for some people, they're (laughs) listening to you and And probably, well, first off, uh, let me just say, you go, well, back in the 80s and then the 90s. And to me, it's registering like, oh, that's not that long ago. And I go, shit, that's 30 years ago. (laughs) That is wild. It's wild to think that like that's a long, full 
time to be in this space, you know, to be in this, um, as this is your, your main goal, your North star. So, yeah. Oh, and also I was 46 in that when I found in 1996, when I took my first Tantra class, I was 46. I think I was 46 or 47. I was in my late forties when I discovered Tantra. I'm saying that for a reason because people feel like they're too old. Women who are 50 and over think that they're going to now dry up. They think that they're now going to, you know, they're not going to be able to have sex anymore. And, and they shouldn't, you know, if they've had a religious background then they think that's it, you know, they made babies and it's done and it just beginning. So I want to say that because I was well into my forties when I discovered Tantra for real. And, um, and I just turned 73 and I know I don't look it and I know I don't sound it or act it. So I want people to know that they don't have to go the way that that culture says they have to go or whatever told them that it's over at 50. It's not over. It's mm. just beginning. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Right. Yeah. But I, I did grow up in one of those environments, in a sense, um, deep South Louisiana, very Catholic environment. And it's kind of like, well, sex is to make babies. And then after a certain point, you're not going to be able to make babies anymore. And so then that must mean the sex goes away. Because what's the point otherwise? Yeah, that's right. Well, they, there was a there's a reason that religion and, you know, culture tells us that. And that's. uh I believe so that we, they can control us. So if they can control us from here down from the neck down. Yeah. This is the only worthwhile thing. And the rest is just for procreation or it's sin. And that's just to control us to be good little doobies, whatever that is, you know, like, I don't know, good little sheep, but I've never been that. (laughs) So (laughs) I've always been a, you know, not agreeable to that. Mm-hmm. I've I've always uh, said that we should we should design our own destiny, and um, and I I I luckily didn't have that. I wasn't steeped in that, but still, I got a good, fair share of that. And I feel like in the body is this wonderful connection to the mystery, and a wonderful connection to the rest of the universe and and everything else I just said, like the ocean and everything. And unless we're connected to that, unless we get aware of that, we we live in a little box, you know, called thinking. And that's it's a great thing to be smart and to think and to have rational thoughts. But it's not the end of the story. If we weren't that, you know, you've heard me say this before. If we weren't meant to have to feel, we would have been born in wood, metal or glass but we have skin and we are covered with it and it's supposed to feel pleasure. I yeah. need the bell. So Where's the bell? I have it. Man. I have the bell. I always have a bell close by. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a fuck yeah bell. Ding. <laughs> yeah. I love the bell. So for any of you who either know Lori or maybe one day you'll go to one of her workshops or one of her retreats or experiences or something online, that bell is always close. And when somebody says something that there's like, a lot of truth and conviction and like it's just on yes resonance ding the bell ding ding <laughs> i love all of that so much so 
I have a couple of those things that you just said that I want to double click and zoom in on. So for those that are listening, you might be the very first person to describe what Tantra actually is. And I know that saying what is Tantra is like a loaded question and so many people will have different things that they share, but I'm only curious in your definition of it. Great. Thanks. I, well, I learned that it was that Tantra meant, it it literally means weave to weave. But what my teacher told me was that it meant expansion through awareness. And when she first told me that I, I couldn't relate. Like I would, it was way too woo for me. Expansion through awareness, expansion of what through awareness of what I couldn't connect to that definition. What I've come to, to make it mean is transformation through pleasure that, um, in Tantra, in exploring the connection of body, mind, and spirit, there is a kind of search for pleasure to feel sensation in the body. What And when we look for pleasure, we also uncover what isn't like the opposite of pleasure. And um, we uncover places where we have trauma. We uncover places where we have pain. We uncover places where we have fear. We uncover places where we have anger, where we have stored emotions from an earlier time whether it came through the umbilical cord from our ancestors or whether it was a trauma in the birth canal or what have you, but we look at it all and we embrace it and then we expand and that expands our awareness. So really, if we break it down, literally, it's just breath, sound and movement, you know, three simple things. You breathe consciously, you make sound consciously and you move consciously. But I've, I see that it really is the pursuit of pleasure, the pursuit of happiness. And when we bring that to the to bearing on everything we're looking at, we have to look at everything it's not. And then we have to go, oh, that's part of me. That's part of my life. That's part of being in the human existence. So Tantra really embraces it all weaves it all body, mind, and spirit together and allows people to be whole, not just talking heads, (laughs) you know, like it allows people to be completely integrated um, and embrace anything about them. Even the stuff that they look in the mirror and go, I wish I didn't have these legs or I wish I, I wish this, or I used to wish I was a boy. I felt like men had more power. I felt like boys had more fun. I I don't, you know, when you were growing up, if you read Tom Sawyer books, you know, if you read Mark Twain, which I did, Mark Twain was like my favorite author, American author. I didn't want to be Becky Thatcher sitting <laughs> home wearing an apron, waiting for Tom and Huck to come home from their adventures. I want to be on that raft with them. So, so Tandra helped me be happy being a girl, helped me be, be thrilled to be in a female body. And you arrived at that at 46, 47 years old, Mm -hmm. which is pretty incredible. Yeah. It changed everything. It took everything that I had going on and it just, I mean, I have a fair amount of masculine energy. I mean, I've learned to navigate the world. I could smoke a cigar in a boardroom. 
I mean, I could get along with those guys really, really well. And, um, but Tantra gave me a different interest. It gave me an interest in more than wielding power and penetrating. It gave me an interest in receiving and surrendering and, and seeing what it was like to be in the flow. Mm-hmm. And those were things I had rejected before that because I didn't see any good to it. I mean, I right. just, I, I knew how to compete in a man's world right. very, very well. Right. Right. So yeah. I find it very interesting that, that in that description of Tantra and what it really is or what it really means to you, which I think a lot of people will resonate with that. You didn't say the word sex one time. So, so many people hear Tantra, they find, they might, you know, a lot of times people find their way to me and they're just curious to do something beyond what they've been doing. They're usually a little bit bored. They're not terribly unhappy. Some people are really dissatisfied, but the vast majority are like, I just think that there's more, just like you said. And they'll say things like, oh, well, I don't know, maybe about Tantra. And I'm like, I don't know if you know what this means, but we can explore it if you'd like. And this is going to just blow your mind if we go down this route, because you're going to get a whole lot more than I think you originally think you're going to get. Because I think some people just think, oh, I want deep connected sex. They just want deeper connected sex. They want to be able to connect more with their partner, feel more in their body and enjoy the experience more. And so um, I just find it very interesting that you made this big, long description of what it means in this, this re- and it's really deep and rich. And you didn't say sex one time. No. But sex is the portal. <laughs> it's it's like a cosmic joke. You know, it's like, okay, sex brought me and others to the field of Tantra. And then when we looked in the inside the doorway, it just kept expanding and expanding and expanding and getting bigger. And it's like sex is what gets people here at least in the west sex is what gets people to the subject and then the subject is vast and if they and it's not limited and if they explore their sexuality and explore themselves and their bodies everything else opens up everything else opens up compassion opens up tolerance opens up pleasure opens up so much and when people can embrace their traumas and their judgments and their opinions and all that stuff everything opens it's like the it's like the key that opens up the cosmic egg <laughs> you know, so funny Absolutely. yeah funny i didn't i i don't and yet you know i tell p i give people assignments you know 21 days of self-pleasure and i give people assignments to you know self-pleasure and have their partner watch and you know all these things sex is very is very much a part of the practices, but it's like, be careful what you ask for because your whole life is going to get blown open. You know, your mind will be blown. Yes. It's not (laughs) just like, Oh, I just want to have a little, you know, better orgasm or something. It's like, okay, well buckle up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're going to go there. That's going to happen too. But all of these other things are going to happen and you're going and what, what it takes in order to get those bigger, deeper, broader, whatever kind of orgasms you want mean you need to come to some kind of resolution with stuff in yourself and acceptance within yourself. And through that love and that self-acceptance, you, like you said, open up 
and expands. And then so can your orgasm and your ability to experience pleasure. And yes, it is a great cosmic joke. Absolutely. So, yeah. 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 And I find that not even just in, (sighs) in Tantra, because people wind up seeing something like, gosh, they see 50 shades. Bum, bum, bum. They see 50 shades and they go, oh, kinky sex. I let's do kinky sex. And they get a little toy or they get a little rough. And that's what they associate, you know, maybe DS, the initial DS or some kind of kinky sex is like a slap on the ass or something. And people find their way to me and they're like, I want to play a little bit with this BDSM stuff. I'm like, are you sure? (laughs) Because that is also a whole separate Pandora's box. You know, it might be the interest in the flogger or wanting to do something unique or different that leads them there. And then they realize the vast majority of what's happening in Tantra is also happening in those BDSM spaces. And that was, that blew my mind. Yeah, me too. And there are still people, there are people who are have a conviction. They have nothing to do with each other. They don't belong on the same page. And I'm like, come to class. You have no idea. <laughs> How <laughs> Or people call me and they say they're too old. You know, they're too old to have an orgasm or they're too. And I'm just like, are you alive? Yeah, then nothing. You're not too old. Yeah, I'm too old to experience a flogger for the first time. So I was just going to ask you, this loops me back around to the next thing that I really want to double click on. And you touched on a little bit. I know that you're really passionate about this right now is communicating with people about sex and aging. And I'm just curious, like we already spoke about you experiencing Tantra for the first time at almost 50 years old. Where did it go from there? What was the experience from there? Because I know BDSM at some point made its entrance into your life too, but I know that that wasn't right at first. It wasn't. I mean, I had a couple, I had fantasies and I've, I experimented with tie-ups, but probably in my twenties, you know, getting tied up or tying somebody up, but I didn't really, it's interesting because I, I don't know if you know him, Gallen Foos. Yes. Um, I, yeah, he just sent me an email yesterday and I haven't talked to him in years. And I remember when I first had him on my podcast, I mean, years ago, years and years. And when he was talking, I was like a little bit, you know, ooh. Uh-huh. He had this tripod thing that he hung people upside down on. I don't know. And I, I you know, I haven't talked to him in years. And I I said, wow, Gallon, I have to have you back on my podcast because... He doesn't know where I am now. Like he doesn't know the experiences that I've had, but I'm so much more open to the things he's talking about um, because he's a BDSM practitioner. That entered my life, like really consciously entered my life, I don't know, six or seven years ago. My Omrupani was my student for like years in Tantra. And then he got really interested in kink and I thought he was a little crazy. When he went to Dark Odyssey, I thought, okay, you know, I'm not going. That's in, in. He went in, (laughs) in Dark Odyssey. Yeah. I mean, I don't know when I have never been to Dark Odyssey. So I just, you know, Om got into it. And then Om called me. I mean, we're really, really good friends. And he called me and he said, I want you to have a BDSM experience with me. And I lived here. So it has to be in the... So I lived in Phoenix then it's I've been here 11 years. So it's somewhere in this 11 year time frame. I flew to New York 
to do uh, something called the New Life Expo. And I stayed with Ohm and his partner, Jennifer. And um, when she went to work in the morning, he said to me, now, we're going to have the experience now. And so he said, go take a shower and like, wait for me. I'm going to take a shower and then I'm going to tie you up. So he tied me up to this ring that he had that was, that came down from the ceiling of their loft in New York city. And, um, he whispered in my ear, I'm not going to hurt you. And that like, let me relax. I was blindfolded. I was tied up and he started using various implements. I don't know what they were, you know, to give sensation. It was sensation play. He gave sensation to my body and it was hot. It was exciting. It was tantalizing. And Every once in a while, he would hug me, and I could feel his hair. He has long hair. I could feel his hair, you know, which was still a little wet from his shower, and smell the soap. And he would hug me, and he would whisper something, and then he would, like, go back to giving me sensation play. And it lasted for about an hour, and it was really stimulating, exciting, expansive. And I felt really grounded in my body. Like I felt like so embodied. And um, and then we owned because he, he was my own partner. So we did orgasmic meditation. And so that was like, so that was the preamble. And I I don't have the relationship with him that we would have then have sex. So we didn't have sexual intercourse. And I left his place going in a taxi cab to go to the New Life Expo. And I thought, I'll never do that again unless I'm actually going to have sex with somebody. Like that was just foreplay. And I just remember like feeling all, you know, stimulated, like just so turned on when I got to the New Life Expo. You know, I probably did really well that year in my booth, <laughs> the new life, you know, like I probably was giving off so much sexual energy and so many good vibes. And so somewhere in the last 11 years, this is when this happened. And you said you are, yeah. how, you said you are how old now? Well, I moved here, I think I was 59. So, or 60. So, you know, somewhere in my 60s, I experienced BDSM. For the first time. For the first time, like a real, real session, not something I made up that I didn't know anything about. A person who had instruments and yeah. floggers and pit, those, that pinwheel. Someone who's well-versed and very studied in the subject and is very also very fascinated by that subject. I love, he is just yeah. like the most unlikely character for that position. And, <laughs> you know, my friends here in Austin, we've done Tantra BDSM with you and Ohm. And you bring the Tantra side and he brings the BDSM side. And Jordan and I, my partner and I have done it now twice. And um, I remember the first night, like we debriefed, all the girls were together that, that, that were my friends that yeah. went to the first thing. And I remember one of them saying, it yeah. makes no logical sense why I find <laughs> that big Indian man attractive. Like, <laughs> And I, we all busted out laughing. And then, you know, then the next one said, Ohm is hot. And, and, and we just kept laughing because he's so just different to the experience that we have with our partners who, you know, 
my general friend group, we look a particular way. We have very likely kinds of partners. And for us to be looking at this, you know, really tall, older ponytail, you know, Indian man and And yeah. And, and thick, he's a chubby. Yes. And we're just like, we, then the question or like the statements are like, I would let that man do anything to me. How crazy is that? You know, because there is just this confidence and this, the way that he carries himself. It's like, you know, you can trust that man with your life, which just knowing that is the most relaxing to the nervous system, that feeling. It's like, you can't, I don't know if I've ever felt someone who's a very well-versed, well-studied dom like Ohm. I don't know if I've ever been in the presence of another human and felt that relaxed and that in yes, my body. I, I totally get that. And, yeah. and people, I mean, people I know are very afraid of him, you know, like he's, he's very powerful and he's kind of, you know, he can be very sharp and some people are so afraid of him. And I, you know, we're so, we're so close. We're just like, we're like two kitty cats together. But I understand the attraction and I understand it's like he he breathes a feeling of safety. He breathes a feeling of well thought out on purpose. Safety. And so, um, you know, you know that you could give yourself over. I know I could give myself over to him, have a whole session be complete and then know that I'm going to be back in one piece, but I'm, I could, I can trust that I could hand my body over to him. And that's what I think people feel around him. They really, really do. He's yeah. He's very unique. Very, Mm -hmm. very unique. Yeah. I think that's definitely something that people crave in general, you know, from life, they want more from life. And I think once you get past a certain point in life and I'm speaking like I know or something, I'm still in the first half. Um, but I can tell, I can, I can see it. I can smell it. I can, you know, I can feel it off of like my mom and, but like her friend group from, you know, we're Bell Chase, Louisiana. It's just outside new Orleans. And, and I, I can, in the community and stuff, I'm like, Oh, is it dull? There's so much more. And I can like, like I feel like every now and then like they want to get it and they might they might seek that feeling through partying or like having cocktails or going to some event or something but I know because I've met people like you like I know <laughs> the richness that they really crave and where it's available and I just I love that you're sharing so much from the perspective of I had my first experience in BDSM and I was in my 60s and I've been this tantra teacher since 50 years old and life doesn't get yeah. like you don't have to live it all the way until the end dried up and, you know, kind of just fizzled out and just like, OK, I'm going to sit in my rocking chair until it's over. You just tell me when my number's up. God, thanks. Exactly. I don't I just don't ascribe to that. It's so funny. I mean, when I go to my high school reunion, there's very few people that, that, you know, are really in good shape. There's just a couple and I, and they, and they all keep in touch with me. <laughs> they go, okay, we're doing something. Someone said to me, what are you doing? I said, I'm not doing what you're doing, whatever it is. I'm not doing that. I'm not finished. And, and there's nothing to be finished about. Like life is an adventure. That's what I felt. When I read Mark Twain, 
you know, but I thought it was only open to boys. I thought it was only open to those in male bodies at that time. And I said to myself, then I'm going to have life. I'm never going to be sitting at home with an apron waiting, waiting for the men to come home. Yeah. I'm never doing that. And so, um, you know, I've always had the adventure. I've always wanted the adventure. Yeah. Amazing. So and this is certainly a great ride. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I just feel super fortunate that I was able to hop on, <laughs> hop on your train, you know, and I get to every now and then learn from you. I'm like writing these things down, making graphics and memes. And I'm just going to sit that in the corner. I'm like, just get my bell, you know? So, um, I'm curious, I mean, I'm curious personally, and I'm also sure that some people who are listening are curious too. Like if we sit on the subject of sex and aging and exploring and aging, I'm curious really like what you're experiencing your body and with your body. What has that been like as you have gotten older? Because I think that there is some validity in people's experiences. Like it is true for some people that things do get drier. Things do get more uncomfortable. Things do change as far as the psychological chemistry between, you know, partners and people and just all, all of that. And so I'm curious what your real life experience has been like getting older and continuing to be in this body that you've learned so much about and this person, this human that you've learned so much about, um, what's that been like? Well, I, I just need to backtrack and say that, um, a couple of things that are preamble. One is when I first started Tantra, I had lots of body pain. I think I said that when I was at Landmark, I didn't exercise a lot. My job took up most of my life, most of my life energy and force. And I ended up tearing my meniscuses in both knees, playing tennis. And I had stiff, I just had things going on. And when I learned Tantra and I learned emotional ease, I'm putting this in a, for, in a frame for you so that you know that I continue to do this. I learned emotional release practices in the beginning of Tantra. I learned them earlier than that. I learned them back in the 70s. I learned emotional release and bioenergetic practices, but I didn't connect them to sexual energy. In Tantra, I connected them to sexual energy, and I realized that if I build a charge in my body, my own sexual energy, and then I do release, I make sound and movement, that releases old emotions, stored baggage. As I released things like anger from my body, somehow I also released pain. So I have a friend, a very dear friend, Michelle, who told me we met in Tantra back then. And she told me, Laurie, your pain walks into the room 10 minutes before you do. And that was like astonishing to hear. And, you know, from doing the practice of emotional release regularly, I release that pain from my body. So my pain doesn't walk in the room 10 minutes before I do now because I don't have any. So number one, I do practices that release pain from the body. So I don't have pain in my body. I'm not, if I do have pain in my body, I do emotionally. I do. That's okay. That's one. Two, I work out regularly, like six days a week. I do something. I either do now during COVID, we put a TV outside and we do like hip hop abs or 
<laughs> you know, PR, PX90. P90X. I also... I also have insanity. I mean, I'm crazy, but I have all those uh, DVDs. Yeah. So I work if I'm if I don't lift weights, which I do. You know, Jordan gave me Jordan and his friend gave me. Um, last time I was in Austin with you, bands. I, I, they gave me TRX straps. I, they're oh, used. Yeah. They're used. The TRX regularly. straps. Yeah. So I have weights, TRX straps. I have a you know, I have dumbbells. I have everything. And I have a TV where I do, you know, like dance workouts too, like to just mix it up. Um, and we put a TV outside so that we could see it big. So I don't have to wear my glasses so we could see it big and I could really, you know, do the moves. So I work out um, and that alleviates pain, what have you. When people reach 50, I'm going to say, 50 certainly for men and probably 50 for women. They've either been through menopause or they're just at the end of it. Things change. Testosterone production lowers in both genders. Or if you're not, if you're gender bending, it doesn't matter. You need testosterone and it, it lowers you and almost everything turns to estrogen. So you need to get a blood panel. People need to get a blood panel. They need to get their hormones balanced. I take bioidentical hormones and that has made a difference for the first 10 years of, you know, during menopause and after I didn't, I was sworn I wasn't going to take anything because at the time, the thing they prescribed was not, I didn't believe it was good for me. It was made from horse urine, pregnant horse urine. It was called Premarin. And I was not going to take that. So I didn't take anything. And I did start drying up and my tissues started getting thinner. And then I found out about bioidentical hormones. And so I started taking them. Not everyone can take them, especially if there's been history of cervical cancer or breast cancer in your, in your family. And then I heard from a doctor that I really respect that, they, that people can take them but they have to take blood tests more often to watch the markers for cancer. So things change up a little bit and you can stay on top of that. I believe that I'm my own science experiment. So I take a lot of, you know, one of the things I do is biohack. So that's a practice for me. Not only is working out a practice, but biohacking is a practice. So I do a lot of things. I'm not going to say them all. Uh, there's too many to say, but I do a lot of things that make my chemistry my responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> I take responsibility. Like I take, a, I'll just say one of the crazy things I do. I take mm-hmm. metformin, which is a drug that diabetics take. I'm not diabetic but I take it, I take low dose, I take 500 milligrams of metformin. It has proven to reduce the risk of cancer in diabetics. So people who are non-diabetic are now taking metformin. Many of us, not everyone, but there are, there are Facebook groups that, say, that are called you know, metformin, self-administering metformin. I just got something just this morning before I got on with you mm-hmm. from somebody who knows me who sent me an, uh, an article about metformin reducing the effects of COVID. 
in people who take it. Metformin is one of those miracle things. Um, and I, you know, when I go for like to get an insurance policy and they say, why does she take metformin? She must be diabetic. We have to, you know, note this. And I go, no, I don't take it for diabetes. I take it for anti-aging. I take it to prevent cancer. And now it turns out that it may prevent certain of the side effects of right. COVID. Right. Or the the effects of COVID or whatever. So sure. I'm saying that the, I consider those things to be practices now, just like I consider emotional release practice or breathing and mm-hmm. doing, you know, um, Kegels and doing charging breath and tantra. I all of it I consider to be a practice. Amazing. So it sounds like through the initial experience, that gateway that tantra opens up for you it brought a lot more presence into your body and, and your experience, like you're with it, you're present with the experience of what's happening inside of your body. And like you said, you're a science experiment. So when something presents itself, it's, Oh, I don't, I wish this wasn't this way, or I'm just, you know, now I just, I have this pain and it's like now a part of your identity. It's like, no, that's not how this works. I'm going to be present with this. I'm going to ride the wave. The first wave is where is this coming from? And I'm, you know, what do I do with it? And it might be like trial and error for a while and then, okay, well that didn't Mm -hmm. work. And so let's move that out of the way and let's maybe try something a little more spiritual or out there or woo or something that's very scientific or it's in trial or whatever. It, it just, what I hear in all of that is that you're present with what your human is experiencing. And so many people, I think, especially as they get older, it's just this understanding of, well, I'm getting older. And so that knee pain, that wrist pain, uh, that lack of libido, whatever it is, is just a part of getting older. And I love that you stand for that is definitely not my truth and it doesn't have to be your truth. And if you'd like to have it, that was the bell ringing. And if you'd like that to be your truth, amazing. And if you'd like to change your story internally inside your body and change the story, of course, mentally as well, then come see me. We can have a chat. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I didn't, I had no idea this is how my life was going to go. You know, I just didn't have, I, I didn't know I was going to be like a poster child for sex and aging. You know what I mean? I didn't know that this was going to happen. And I didn't know that I could reverse those. Look, when I was, uh, when I was younger and I had, uh, my moon, they call it now. I laughed when I first heard your period. That. What's your moon? <laughs> yeah. When I had your my period. period, I had such cramps. I couldn't get out of bed. Like when I was in college, I would just say to my professors, there are certain days where I'm not going to be in class. I just can't even walk. So, I mean, I, I was used to big pain, but I just, if I knew then what I know now, I would never have settled for that. I would have found a different way. Um, moving the body <laughs> and making sound uh, and breathing changes everything. That's what we do in this body. And like to resist it and tense up more is anti-life. It's really anti-life to, to, and to get stuck in this is it. No, it is, everything can change. 
Look, I'm writing this book. I just want to say, I'm going to give a plug for this. I wrote a book called Sex and Happiness. I wrote it like 20 years ago. And um, a few years ago, I was on a boat in Greece going from one island to another. And I, I, I met a woman at a, at a networking event who had a book called What is Happiness and How Can I Get Some? And I thought that's the best title I ever heard. I'm, I'm taking that book with me to Greece. I was reading the book and it was shit. It just was, it didn't, it was not good. It was not, it was boring. It just, it hadn't, it lacked uh, humanity. It didn't, it didn't have examples. Or so I just put the book down after two chapters and I said, now what am I going to do? I got four hours. So I started writing. I know I'll write about my life now, sex and happiness over 60. And I started writing, you know, I got to save my generation. I got to save people who think that this is it. They think it's over. And so I just started writing, you know, stop, break up your routines, try something new, get into Tantra, do emotional release. I mean, some of the things I'm saying in the book are the same things I said in Sex and Happiness, but over 60, it can, it can only get better if you let it. So now I'm working with some older people and, um, you know, I work with young people too, but I like working with older people and saying, you know, you're not done. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Come back. Come back to life. I like that. I like that. Just look at a big group of, you know, people who think that they're old and you just go, stop it. And you put your hands on your hips and you got your lipstick and your red glasses and your cool haircut and you just exude sex and happiness. And you're like, old people, no, stop it. No, I love it. I mean, I like that image in my mind. Yeah. Listen, you know, my, my, my mother died when she was 72. So last, so this past year was very traumatic for me because I got one, I wondered if I was going to live and two, you know, on the day of her, you know, on the anniversary of her death, it was like so intense for me. You know, and when I woke up the next day and I was still breathing, I was like so happy to still be breathing. And I was swimming my laps that day. And I was just like, wow, ma, you know, you missed probably some really good years. Now, my father, when he was uh, in his 70s, he became my student because he had been married for 50 years and he just didn't know what he was going to do. My father was kind of, you know, spunky. So he became my Tantra student and he started learning Tantra. And then he met a woman that he fell in love with and, you know, lived the rest of his years being in love with another woman. And, um, he did very Tantric things. Like I remember he went to Arthur Mary dance school with her. And I said, and my father's a great dancer. So I said, what'd you go to Arthur Murray for? And he said, because I'm learning to dance with a new person. I don't, I, I only knew how to dance with that other person. I need, and I said to him, that is the most tantric thing I've ever heard. Like, how did you know to do that? And he said, it just makes common sense. Like, she doesn't dance like your mother. I need to learn to dance with her. And that was very, and you know, and the same thing, he needed to learn to have sex with her. So I feel like that, you know, he gave me a kind of a, 
a headway. He 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 was open instead of closed. And that's what I feel that people need. They need to like expand rather than shrink. <laughs> so. Literally in their physiology, yeah. because as people age, oftentimes everything about them starts to shrink. Exactly. Their stature, their energy, their body, like everything. Yeah. So you, so, so people beautiful. who are millennials, you know, to go back to people who are younger and, and your audience that you have a leg up, like you have it. Don't think this is just a fad or a thing that you'll be done with or a thing that you can then, you know it now, put it on the shelf. No, these practices that you do, Alexa, and that you're teaching to, to groups, whole groups of people in your Sex and Love Academy, they need to like know that this is a lifetime. They're doing lifetime practices that will keep them juicy and supple and sexy and whatever their whole life you know that's what they they need to know um ding but i i didn't know that i just stumbled upon it and and luckily i woke up right now we can take your message take your wisdom and apply it intentionally and consciously early on because i wonder what this will mean for us in our lives if we don't hit a wall at some point in the aging process and then go, now I, I, I have to do something different. Cause I think a lot of people will just override that and do nothing different and until they die. So beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your message, your wisdom, your, your journey, your everything with me again. Cause this was a, this was a, a new conversation for us. I loved it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. I just, uh, it just lately I've been focusing on it because I feel like if I don't make the message, who will? You know, like I, you know, I just I, my tantra teacher didn't age gracefully. You know, um, I I don't I don't know. Margot Anand is in still really really good shape. Um, I I. Charles Muir is in good shape. I mean, I feel like it helped, but people, they didn't see it as like, wow, I have to give this message. I've so, I just saw it as I have to give this message. I have to let people know they can take charge of their life. Well, thank you for that. So yeah, for you. anyone who wants to learn more about your work, because I'll just say that even though you said you're working with some people who are older and even though, you know, this is really, um, alive for you right now. I'm 32 and I've been in your class twice and I've learned from you multiple times and you've been, I've interviewed you many times. So this millennial has learned a lot. So even though you're saying, you know, this is a topic and, you know, maybe it's not quite for your audience. I'm like, no, we've got, there's stuff that that's in your message that we need to hear at this point in our life. So whether they're going to send something like this, you know, this podcast, maybe they're going to send it to their parents or somebody that they know that's a little bit older, or maybe they're just right, taking notes. Where can they find yeah. more of you? They can go to lauriehandlers.com. That's like the best place. And they, and I have a lot of offerings. I mean, I don't just have offerings for older people. I, you know, uh, you know, my partner, Michael, he and I are doing extraordinary lovers. Mm -hmm. And by the way, he's 21 years younger than me. Um, and that's not an accident that that happened. I mean, that's 
if I don't act my age, I don't act my age. <laughs> I don't dress my age or act my age. Um, so we have extraordinary lovers and we have some away retreats that are coming up and we have some online things. And then I also have a sex and happiness course for everybody, for anybody. And they can come and they can come and they actually get the 10 tantric laws of intimacy that I wrote originally. And then I'm starting to really work with people over 60 who don't, who might need more encouragement. Yeah. So I have the new stuff. Those are seven more laws. So I got a total (laughs) of 17 laws, but one of them is the same set boundaries. Mm. I, yeah, I, I had to write a whole new chapter on boundary setting. Um, because they're really important. Just like you, we, you and I off camera talked about how you're saying no to some things. It's really important. I didn't, when I was 30 or something, I didn't know what boundaries were. I didn't well, have learning any, as I'm far learning as I'm the hard way. <laughs> I mean, I, that's really most lessons are learned through a little stickiness, if not like just a torrential downpour, you know, it's like, Oh, I will not do that again. So amazing. So lauriehandlers.com. And I love working with you and I love working with Michael too. And extraordinary lovers TV and watching extraordinary lovers come to be because I, I feel really proud of that and excited about that because I feel like I got to watch it emerge and um, I love everything that you yes. do. I love everything that you do. And I, it's just an honor to be able to bring you and your magic into my fold yet again. Thank you so much for this conversation, Ms. Lori. Thank you. My pleasure and much love. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.